Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know! Alright, so come on down to wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Femme Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know. And if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro I, I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Alright, so come on down to... Wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Hey, Horror Movie Night. We are here with David Weiner, the director of In Search of Darkness, which I'm sure you've seen more multiple times on Shudder at this point, and we're here to talk about his upcoming film In Search of Tomorrow, which is currently in production, as well as the fact that In Search of Darkness Part 2 is hitting Shudder as we're recording this. David, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Thanks a lot. I mean, first and foremost, let's talk about what's coming out at the time that we're recording this. It's probably available right now, actually, on Shudder, but In Search of Darkness Part 2. Now, no offense, but I find it hilarious that in the six hours of the first movie, there was topics you didn't get to cover. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, here's what happens. You know, you know, you you call you you promote something as the definitive anything, and four hours when you're covering a decade is just not going to cut it. And no, so, absolutely not. Um, we were we were very fortunate. Uh, Creator VC, which is the company, uh, Robin Block who's the executive producer uh, who makes these and I write and direct them and help produce. Uh, we have this wonderful team that puts this together. We were so happy when the entire uh, audience who liked it said, we like it, you know, yeah. there's been a wonderful <laughs> response. And so it, it encouraged us to make a, a follow-up and uh, you know, we, we plan to move on to sci-fi and we're currently in production on that. But uh, there's just so much room to do more horror in, in a decade that has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of films. I was going to say, you could literally do a four-hour documentary on just individual years. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. you, could, like, you could do an a four hours easy on just 1980, period. <laughs> like, People are like, you know, their first question is, well, why didn't you do this year by year as a series or that kind of stuff like that? And uh, this never was intended to be a series. This never was intended to be a four and a half hour movie. This never was intended to be part two coming out on Shutter today. Yeah. Um, it was always meant to be, let's go through the 80s and go through a lot of the great movies. And uh, you quickly realize that the, the even if you give it a structure that goes 
from 1980 to 1989 and you go movie by movie, you, you just can't get it all. What I appreciate a lot about the doc is that you do, um, one could easily just do one only hitting the big name titles, but you do sneak in a couple deep cuts in there. I think even when I was watching, I remember I wrote down like a handful of titles where I was like, I've never even heard of this. Like you did pull a couple obscure ones out. And I think that that's awesome because I mean, we've got, we've got full documentaries about Friday the 13th. We've got full documentaries on nightmare on Elm street. So Mm -hmm. it's, you don't need to give that much love and attention. That information's out there. So like putting that focus on something like a monster squad, even though they now have their own documentary as well, but like (laughs) giving that attention to these slightly smaller pictures while you're still including all the big titles, it's just a really great way to, it reminded me a lot of when I was a kid, I used to love watching like, I love the eighties on Mm VH one, you know, like that was the vibe of it. Well, I saw, I saw that on your podcast, you gave some love to fade to black and that's yeah. like a, that's like a perfect example of what you're talking about. You know, uh, In Search of Darkness Part One really is uh, a lot of the heavy hitters, but there are a lot of eclectic titles. Whether it's you know, Company Wolves, uh, you know, Fade to Black, or arguably Chopping Mall for a lot of people, they've never even seen it yeah. or heard it or didn't realize that bodies aren't chopped; they're lasered <laughs> by you know Johnny Five Turner. That's yeah. not really. <laughs> 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 or as as Barbara Kraft would like to say, they're not chopped, they're lasered, but I guess that's a moot point. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The, in Search of Darkness 1 is the heavy hitters. In Search of Darkness 2 is a lot of the deeper cuts. Uh, there's still mainstream releases in there, you know, theatrically. But uh, um, the first movie focused mostly on North American films. The second movie, Part 2, which is now on Shutter, which I've confirmed is actually there. Okay, um, awesome. <laughs> and, and they're promoting it, which is very awesome. So thank you, Shutter. Um, yeah, yeah, we definitely go uh, on a more international uh, uh, smorgasbord. You know, a lot of Italian films, um, you know, movies that range from uh, Italy to Spain to Hong Kong to Jet to Japan, uh, Canadian, New Zealand, Australian, and uh, you know, North American as well. So definitely, you know, a a, a much more worldly approach to the decade. So let's talk a little bit about sci-fi, because I was thinking about this today leading up to the interview. And I feel like what falls into horror is a pretty clean cut thing for a lot of people. Like there's a ton of subcategories, but for the most part, people agree that a horror movie is a horror movie. Mm -hmm. But when you enter into sci-fi, you end up with stuff like, there's alien. And is that a horror movie? Is that a science fiction movie? You have like all of the alien spinoff movies that kind of fall into this dual category. When you were getting ready to do this, did you kind of sit down and say like, we've said enough about horror. Let's try to really focus on like, what is in our minds, the core sci-fi or is all of it included in there? Well, much like in search of darkness, part one, and then we were fortunate enough to make part two, in Search of Tomorrow is similar. Um, you know, we're not going to be able to do it all in one film. Yeah. I already have designs on what's going to go in part two. And ideally, the response will continue to be really positive and we'll get to do another one, if not more. Um, so I'm, I'm following a similar approach where it's a little more of the heavy hitters with some eclectic titles. And then uh, part two will go a deeper dive and a little more straight to video uh, and so on. But when it comes to 
sci-fi is a much broader there are multiple subgenres but it is yeah. multiple you know aliens is the best example predator you know is it action is it sci-fi is it horror yeah. it's got elements of you know you, Kroll. Get, you throw Kroll. Kroll in there it's like what what category is it, does is it fantasy <laughs> is it is it equestrian love you know is it <laughs> Um, you know, is it a, is a pre, you know, appreciation of, of Cyclops, but it's like, um, uh, uh, you know, you look at Swamp Thing, you look at Reanimator, you look at, uh, the thing, the thing is very much, you know, it's really more sci-fi than it is yeah. horror, but because of Rob Bottin's, you know, bravura practical effects, it, 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 it falls squarely in the horror genre, but really is in essence, a sci-fi movie. Same thing with they live and John Carpenter's they live. And do you think that an element of that stems from something that I'm a big fan of? Uh, and we've been covering a lot more on the show in the last year is I was a child of the fifties horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the fifties horror movie really was like the peak of, of sci-fi and horror blending. You know what I mean? It was had, sort of the atomic age of, yeah. Atom, you know. So I feel like that causes a lot of that distinction because like no one would ever argue Star Trek, anything Star Trek as like being debatably sci-fi or horror. Like that is firmly sci-fi, but you definitely get the eighties. I feel like more than almost any other decade except for that late 50s early 60s where you really do see like they are kind of just layered on top of each other in a lot of those films of course arguably if you're watching star trek the wrath of khan and you watch the seti alpha 5 eel going into Chekhov's ear (laughs) that's that's true horror or arguably all of star trek 5 but i digress (laughs) no 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 i'm just making jokes i love there's like there's lots to love with all these movies I mean, as long as you're talking about part four with the whales somewhere in search of tomorrow, I'm happy. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> like sci-fi, I guess, is one of those genres where it's weird. I was never a sci-fi movie kid, but I was very much a sci-fi TV show kid. And uh-huh. I think that sci-fi, I feel like I, I'm hoping that this gets explored in the documentary a little bit. But like, does sci-fi in general as a genre lend itself better? to television in a lot of respects because there is such a world that you're fleshing out and and creating because i do think that that is a huge piece of that for me well it, first of all it, we are we are focusing on movies as opposed to tv uh in this yeah. film um and and that and the only reason that when i'm doing that is because there's a so much ground to cover yeah i got i gotta i gotta pick and choose my battles or my my <laughs> my my media platforms um, which, you know, that's not to say that I won't find an excuse to include, you know, like V in there, you know, or references to the Star Trek, the TV yeah. series, you know, or, you know, Star Trek, the next generation, that kind of stuff like that. Um, you know, especially when I have like Robert Englund, you know, talking about Galaxy of Terror, you know, or, uh, or even, um, uh, uh, Sarah Douglas, you know, while she's talking about Superman two, she was in V also the series. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, or if you have Will Wheaton talking about Star Trek and geeking out in general, you know, you can't not have some some connection and references to uh, the TV element. And and the thing is, TV has always had an opportunity to explore with more time and and patience exactly. than, fil- than yeah. films do. And oftentimes, TV is a reflection of what's popular in movies. Because so if so, you know, if a movie does well, you know, either a, a TV continuation or a spinoff or a ripoff is always, you know, sure to follow in the next season. 
So it's all sort of tied together. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm very excited for this. I, as much as I liked in the start, sur- uh, in search of darkness, I'm going to have to do so much editing just over my stumbling <laughs> words today. In uh, search of as, darkness. There we go. As much as I enjoyed in search of darkness, it is one of those things where there are so many horror docs that I actually do think that there's a lacking of sci-fi docs. So it, I'm so excited to kind of step in and be like, let show me something I ain't seen yet. Right. And I really think that In Search of Tomorrow is going to burst open those doors for that. I hope so. I hope so. You know, I'm I you and I and and many of the people listening to this are are geeks through and through. And I say that in the, in the best spirit of the word. And it's one of those things where we all we all know so much. We all feed on all this information and, and how these things were made and, you know, always, you know, uncovering rocks, looking for new information about all this stuff. And so what sets these movies apart, first of all, first of all, they're, they're focusing entirely on one particular decade and the output of the decade and also the progression of films throughout the decade. So what was inspired by what the evolution of special effects, uh, you know, uh, varying tastes and what people wanted to see, uh, um, inspirations of, of certain films that hit. So everyone wants like some wants one like that, you know, so if you have road warrior, everyone's got like a Mad Max spinoff after that, or, you know, you walk through the video store and, you know, after star Wars came out, you know, I wanted more star Wars, but I had to wait for another star Wars movie. So <laughs> there's star crash. There's battle beyond the stars. Wait, I loved alien, but I wasn't allowed to see it. Oh, there's, there's, Saturn three, you know, on the yeah. video shelf. I want to, you know, I want to see Farrah if she's actually naked in this movie, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, you get, you get some, and those like rip, those like <laughs> rip off, like one of my favorites of that, like eighties sci-fi, just c- trying to cash in for a cheap buck is arena arena. Oh, yeah, from yeah, my, yeah, oh my right? God. Arena is incredible. That's a hybrid uh, movie. If you ask, if you ask me, right. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's, it's a little bit of action, a little bit of horror, a little bit of sci-fi, but there are those films where I, I do think that where if we're going to continue to do the comparison of horror to, to sci-fi, I think a lot of the trying to make a quick buck horror films tend to be pretty bad, right? They tend to be like the $20 friend shot it in their backyard with a video camera. And there's a little bit of charm there, but I think the cat, like the, the cheapo try to cash in sci-fi films are just so charming. There was that movie. Uh, <laughs> was it C- CQ? Was that movie that came yeah, out? Yeah, in yeah, yeah. CQ. Yeah, yeah. Like you watch that movie, and you're just like, it really does capture that like 70s, 80s Star Wars is hit, and we've got to cash in on it type filmmaking that is just so charming in that yeah, time. Yeah, well, period. CQ was that Roman Coppola that yes. was directed it, and that was very much inspired by Barbarella and that whole yeah. era. You know, <laughs> it's very fun. Great soundtrack too. Yes. Uh, listeners, if you haven't seen CQ, check out CQ. As, in, is... as in C and Q. It's yeah. hard. <laughs> if, 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 if you've never heard of it before, it's you're going to be hard. It's going to be hard to spell and find. <laughs> but um, um, all these movies at the time, I, I sort of had a learning curve where I, 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 I got used to the disappointment. You know, the, uh, the, yeah. the box art would, would lure me in. And uh, and I'd watch it or if it'd be on cable, that kind of stuff like that. And um, I quickly learned that you just there's top shelf filmmaking and then there's everything else. 
Yeah. And um, it, it's so it's the ones that really are just great films that they stand the test of time. And then the other films, I don't I don't disdain them. I don't I'm not cynical about them. But back then I was a little more. Um, but, you know, revisiting them now, years later, there is an absolute charm to them. And all, all of these movies, whether you're talking about horror or talking about sci fi. Uh, we all love them for different reasons because they meant something to us at a certain point yeah. in our life. You know, it doesn't matter where we were, how old we were, who we were with. It reminds us not only of the movie itself, but who we, you know, where we were and what we were doing when we watched it and why we watched it and why we wanted to go back to it to sort of relive those feelings. It's like, it's like a, like a summer song, you know, that you hear over and over and over. You haven't heard it in years, and then you hear that immediately, like a nostalgic smell takes you back. And these movies are kind of the same way. Yeah, it, it's almost kind of a bummer, because I do think that you get to a certain point where you've seen so much that, like, when I was 16, every movie I watched was a brand new experience, and it was so exciting, and I'd never seen anything like this, and I wanted to watch it over and over and over again. And now, you know, in my in my late 30s, it's a lot more of like, all right, how are you going to impress me? What what is it that's going to grab me and make me want to come back time and time again? And I do feel like at the end of each year, it's a lot easier for me to figure out what were my top 10 films of the year, because there's only usually 10 or 15 new movies that I saw that year that I'm like. I absolutely want to revisit this one. Day. Yeah. And just, you know, <laughs> at least where I'm concerned, I like to just see something new that I haven't seen before. You know, all the stories have been told in varying ways and, and I'm, and I'm understanding of that. I think the mistake that a lot of uh, older fans make is that they want to, they want to find something that, that rivals what they loved when they were younger. But you're, it was a, your, your DNA was different when you were younger. You know, when you're in that sweet spot of, you know, eight or nine years old to about, you know, 15 or 16 years old, uh, you're more passionate about the stuff that comes your way. You're seeing a lot of stories that may have been told before, but you're seeing it for the first time. And you're applying it to some amazing film that resonates to this day to you. And so, you know, you have sequels and you have remakes and you have reboots and you have, you know, uh, yeah. retakes on things. Um, we apply all that disappointment when it's not as good as what the original was to it. And, and, and it's just not quite the same experience. And so it, you got to kind of realign your mind in terms of how you appreciate new stuff that comes your way. And then when something that is totally original comes your way, you know, celebrate it and, and, and share your, share the love for there's it. There's not, there's absolutely nothing better than walking away from a movie. Uh, and usually for me, it happens maybe once or twice a year, obviously, this exact scenario hasn't happened for about a year and a half now, but like course, you yeah. walk out of the movie theater and you're just like, that's the one that's my number one of the oh, year. Like you just, you know it, like it, it's, it's a bit dated now, but um, I got to tell you the one that leaps to mind right now is Mad Max Fury road because yeah. you know, I, I, I knew I would see it. I love George Miller. I love Mad Max. I was expecting very, <laughs> my expectations were low. I, I always lower my expectations because then I'm slightly less disappointed. And so I just wanted to enjoy it. I was hoping it was good. If it was going to suck, then, you know, that's kind of what I expected. Yeah. And I was blown away. I was just my smile from ear to ear. It cracked my face in half because it was so good. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of it for me has been the Pixar movies, honestly, because mm -hmm. I always go into the Pixar movies and I'm like, all right, they can't keep that pos that good streak. <laughs> 
Like yeah. they've got a fumble soon. And then I like the last year it was onward. I walked out of onward. I was like, I did not expect to go through such an emotional ride that addressed like my relationship with my brother and my relationship with my father all in like a 90 minute cartoon about yeah, some fantasy yeah. characters. Yeah. I mean, like when they can pull that out, it's it's there's nothing that comes. Close. And that's a testament. You know, everyone says, well, it's the Pixar magic. Why do they have it? And other people don't. But it's um, other people do. But the thing is, they really, really, really workshop their their stories yeah, to have a, a human, <laughs> a human connection. Um, the Russo brothers do the same thing. I, I had the good fortune of having a nice long interview with them when I was with Famous Monsters magazine, uh, talking with them when uh, Captain America Civil War came out. And I really wanted to pick their brain about how they they, they fit into the Marvel uh, machine and, and were able to, you know, make Winter Soldier and then Civil War at the time. And of course, you know, the Avengers, uh, you know, back to back films uh, were so well done and, 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 and such a balancing act. And it has to do a lot with really, really taking taking apart a, a, a story apart structurally and rebuilding it where everything fits and everything is motivated and everything makes sense. And every character, even in the smallest degree is, is motivated and Pixar does the same thing. You're going to, you know, in 20 years from now, there's going to be someone making a documentary in search of a hero, just Mm -hmm. about the, the superhero boom of the early aughts, because as a comic book reader kid, like I never, I was telling my friend the other day, never in a million years would I have dreamed that I would go to a movie theater and see scrolls and see like Black Panther. I, and I, I watch saw a TV somewhere show with US Agent. Like some, <laughs> someone someone pointed out where, you know, uh in in Endgame where Peter Parker with the Mjolnir battling Thanos on the back of Valkyrie uh is like yeah. just peak Marvel comics perfection. You know, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, Dave, is there any what's the call to action you want to give our our listeners? Obviously, first things first, hop on to Shudder and go watch In Search of Darkness Two. if you haven't watched the first one, watch that as well. Obviously, watch the first one first. Yeah, but they're both four and a half hours. So uh, bide your time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, with In Search of Tomorrow, is there any kickstarter campaign is there anything going on or where can they go to follow the process and know when this movie is going to be ready for them to view well they should go to 80s sci-fi.com so 80s sci-fi 80s sci-fi.com we're currently uh, in the middle of an indiegogo that ends on may 4th perfect and okay. uh, and and that's the place to go to find out all about who's in it we've got we've got 75 people attached i'm halfway through interviewing literally as we speak right now i mean i just talked to I had Adrian Barbeau in my backyard last yesterday. So, you know, oh. st- stick and fork of me. I'm dumb. You know, <laughs> I, I should stop now. And I had Flash Gordon, Sam J. Jones, the other the day before her. That's so amazing. Like it's, 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 a, it's, it's just absolutely fun for me. Um, but uh, yeah, we have 75 cast members and we're adding a couple more. Uh, we added, uh, take a look in, at, at who's there. Um, you can get your name in the credits, which is super cool if you pre-order the, the film. Um, and we also offer, in addition to getting a, co- a physical copy of the film and digital copies and all sorts of fun swag in a box that you'll get when, when it's ready, 
there we have a Discord community, and uh, it's super cool. Everyone is very like-minded and friendly. We have watch parties. We have Q&As. People share their collectibles and their, their fandom, and it's non-toxic, and it's very supportive, and it's just a great escape. And so you get all that stuff when you go to 80sscifidoc.com, and you can check awesome. out all the stuff that's uh, part of it. All right. Well, I'm donating right away because I want to see. <laughs> I want to be one of the first people to get to watch this when it's done. Uh, I do have one request for you. Sure. All right. So you do in search of tomorrow, right? You do in search of tomorrow part two, as you've already said. You've got the plans for that. Uh huh. If you're open to it, what I want, what I would yes. love, is I think that the '90s horror decade is greatly underappreciated and carries such a negative stigma. Where here at Horror Movie Night. We celebrate those. We celebrate Dr. Giggles. We celebrate these <laughs> 90s films that no one really gives respect to until like 1996 rolls around and Scream is dropped. So right, right. It, I, I'm I'm asking, I'm begging you. It's a decade a that started our decade 90s. Doc. It, it started <laughs> it started early on with uh, with Silence of the Lambs, you know, yeah, Candyman. Um, it had a good start, but it doesn't get the respect it deserves, I think, as a decade of horror. Well, just for you. Just for I appreciate you. it. We Only are, we, we are going to be actually the the plan <laughs> is to to go into nineties. We're yes. going to be doing we're going to be doing in search of darkness part three uh, because there's still more eighties to cover and there's been a <laughs> huge demand for it. Um, you know, I kind of thought after two, I'm like, all right, well, I think I've kind of said my thing. Of course, there's more, but uh, so many people said, wow, I could just keep on going. And so that's the plan. But the plan is also to tackle the 90s. So you're definitely in luck. You just got to be patient. Got to be patient. I'll be patient. I'm looking forward to it. I, I just want people to respect the 90s. Not as much as the 80s, but with a little dash, (laughs) a little bit more respect than they get. That's what makes an an interesting story, because it's not, you know, the practical effects explosion. It's more the uh, the nascent days of, of, of CGI sort of finding its way in its footsteps. And 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 horror sort of taking a deep dive. Uh, it's a, a a nose dive, not a deep dive. Yeah. Um, but there's still plenty of amazing material there. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah. also that's like that was like when video stores were at their peak. So there's a plenty of uh, amazing material to cover. Awesome. I look forward to it. I'm very excited. Thank you so much, David, for joining us. Guys, go to 80scifidoc.com, donate to the Indiegogo, go on to Shutter, watch all nine hours of In Search of Darkness, and hold out for apparently another four and a half hours in a few years to get added onto your plate. But thank you, David, for everything you're doing, just keeping a, a perfect, gigantic guide of all of these things for us. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on and talking about this stuff. And you guys keep doing what you're doing. It's real. Hi listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Fun. Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, 
think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know. All right. So come on down to... Su- Wait, why did I say come on down? To superhero stuff you should know. Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Femme Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 